0: At this time, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 10. John, chapter 10, We our theme for this year, again, is Follow Me, the Words of Christ. And there's several passages where John, uh, or not just John, but Matthew as well, that record that message of follow me, following discipleship, following an invitation. And uh, I think today, this is a very important uh, time today as we look at following The Good Shepherd, following the good shepherd. So we're in John chapter ten, and we're gonna read just a few verses. If you're able to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word in John chapter ten, and we're gonna look in let's start in verse twenty-seven. Verse twenty-seven. John ten, beginning verse twenty-seven, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them is greater, or gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So as we're here in John 10, again, the theme verse, or the big verse we're going to look at is again in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Uh, this passage here in John 10, uh, back a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago now, uh, we actually did a series on Wednesday nights on the I Am statements of Jesus. There's seven I Ams uh, of Christ that are explicitly mentioned, and, but there's a lot of other, uh, there's actually seven um, declarations I Am, and there's also seven subliminal, if you will, uh, inserted I Ams as well within John's Gospel. So it's a, it's a recurring theme. Uh, in here but we're going to kind of do a little bit of a review so for those who remember that series some of this will sound familiar but then we're going to kind of dig even deeper uh, in this in this as well so following the good shepherd so what does it mean to follow the good shepherd we we sing songs like and we didn't sing it today but savior like a shepherd lead us Uh, all the way my savior leads me there's songs regarding the shepherd That we, and we also remember Psalm 23: the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's a lot that can be considered that, and Jesus definitely presents himself as the good shepherd. That's one of the names here. And so, as we're thinking about this, what exactly is involved in this? So, we're going to kind of do just a little bit of overview of John chapter 10 today to kind of get the context and kind of weave into it of what does it mean to really follow Jesus Christ as the good shepherd? How do we follow Christ? In that regard as his sheep. So first of all, looking at this. I invite us to do this, to follow Jesus, the true shepherd. Jesus is the true shepherd. Look at me back in John 10 verse 1. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. That's just a, a very full verse right there. His sheep hear his voice. He knows them by name, calls he leads them out. And verse four, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, and a stranger they will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger. And so in these verses here, in fact, kind of skipping down to verse seven. Here's that one of those I am statements. Jesus said unto them, again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. So in that, we see here that declaration. So when we come to the I am statements of Christ, again, there's seven, like I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the the good shepherd. I am the way of the truth life. I am the resurrection of life. And I am the vine. Those are the seven I am statements in John's gospel. Here we have I am the door of the sheep. So whenever you see these I am statements and this is just a little bit of review, but the, this is represents really the character of the I, of of the, of Jesus. He's the shepherd and the I am statement really reveals his identity and his purpose. So when Jesus is presenting himself as I am the bread of life, I am the door of the sheep for example, what this is doing is this, this caught the ears of the hearers there back in Jerusalem or in in Israel because when you say that I am he's actually what he's doing is he is alluding really to the burning bush remember that Exodus chapter 3 Moses he's wandering through the backside of the wilderness remember he's uh, there for 40 years uh, before he goes back to um, to Egypt remember at the burning bush think of Charlton Heston right He's at the burning bush, and all of a sudden he, he hears this voice, take your shoes from off your feet, for the place where on thou standest is holy ground. And he comes, and he, what does he say? He says, go to Pharaoh and tell them, let my people go. And uh, Moses asks this interesting question, well, who shall I say that sent me? And what does the voice coming out of the burning bush say? I am that I am I am that sent you so the I am this is that covenantal name of God and so this I am that is basically calling for the deliverance that through Moses that would deliver uh, the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt even so there would become a prophet like unto Moses who would also as the I am bring deliverance to his people from their sin from the slavery of sin. It's interesting that parallel right there. But this I am, when Jesus is saying I am, he's alluding back to the burning bush. That same voice out of the burning bush is the same one who's speaking to you now. Okay? So in doing that, it reveals that Jesus, his true identity and purpose. This is a deity. In other words, Jesus is God, very God. He's man, very man. Okay? And with that, he also is coming to declare his purpose. And this is the way that he would redeem his people. With that in mind, Jesus then explains himself. He says, I am the door of the sheepfold. It's interesting that uh, in these times that there was two types of sheepfolds. There was one that was, let's say, in town, if you would. If you lived in a certain village or a certain town, there would be kind of a community uh, sheepfold that was, would be there. And the, the farmers or the, the herdsmen, they would gather their sheep and they would put in the community fold uh, overnight. And there would be a porter there would be someone, a watchman, that would watch over the sheep by night. And when it came time in the morning to get those sheep out, well, that shepherd would simply go to the sheep. He would call them, call the sheep. They know his voice, and they would follow him. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, shepherds uh, watching over their sheep before. Has anyone ever had uh, experience with sheep here before? Okay, Becca, I have. Okay. Do the sheep follow you when you call them? Me, I don't see you. It's not, not, not. Okay. Who do they follow, though? The one who takes care of them. There you go. Okay. And exactly, that's the, that's the point of this passage here. And so as, as a shepherd would go and get a sheep in the morning, he wouldn't go to just ra- some random person. He w- They would ignore that that voice. But they would follow the one that cared for them. Exactly. So thank you, Becca, for helping me. <laughs> okay. So with that in mind, there was another way that the, sh- that the shepherds would herd their sheep. Let's say you're... Uh, I um, would kind of maybe out in the wilderness for example and a lot of times these shepherds even today the Bedouins still do this like in southern Israel you take your sheep out in, into the desert or the wilderness and uh, overnight you're, you're away from home let's say and so you would make your own little and you find these throughout the Middle East actually you find these little pens that are out there in the wilderness and that's basically a, a small safe haven for these sheep and, uh, but there would be just a little opening and what would be that opening Who would actually be there? Was there a door that was there? Well, no. What would happen is overnight that the shepherd himself would sit in the entrance of that little pen, and he would, in fact, be the door of the sheepfold. In other words, there's no way that anyone could get over a sheep except over his dead body, okay? That was the point of what was taking place here. Jesus said here, I am the door of the sheepfold. This was the shepherd's entrance, and it reveals again the character of the true shepherd. He that, verse 2, it says here, he that enter in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep because he is the door. Very amazing as we see that. Who comes in other ways? That's not the shepherd. That's a thief. That's a robber. So very important that the shepherd, he cares for the sheep. He protects his sheep. That's exactly what Jesus does. Another thing we know about the true shepherd is that he personally knows his sheep. He says he knows them by name. He calls them out and they follow him. He leads them as well. A couple of things we know about this. He calls them by name. He knows them personally. And he also leads them. Uh, it's interesting that a shepherd does not push his sheep. A shepherd is in front of his sheep to lead them. Okay? I don't know about you, but if you know anything about sheep, they're not the brightest animals in the world. If you let them go on their own... Um, you never know what will happen, okay? But nonetheless, a, a good shepherd does not drive his sheep. Rather, he leads his sheep. That's exactly what what Jesus is, uh, does. Now, remember this. As we look at this passage of Scripture, remember, what's a key thing? If you have a question about a certain passage, what's a good principle to do in interpretation of Scripture? I would call it the twenty twenty principle. You look 20 verses before, 20 verses after, if you have a question about a verse. So what's in context? What is, why is Jesus saying, saying this, I am the door of the sheep, I am the good shepherd, and then later on, um, I, my sheep hear my voice, they know them they follow me. Why? Why is he saying this? Because in chapter 9, in chapter 9 of John, we read of the man born blind. Pretty much the entire chapter has to do that. Remember, Jesus' disciples see a, a man that was blind from birth, and they said, Did this, is this man blind because of his own sin or because of the sins of his parents? Jesus said, neither, except that the, that God would be glorified through this. And he heals them. But remember this, the man, he took, and he had to wash the clay out of the pool of Siloam, and all of a sudden he could see. He goes, and eventually they get word of it. They're in the, the leadership of Israel, And they said, what's going on? Why, how did you, how did you become see? No man can, you know, no one can do this except God, of course, and what happened was this. They found out that it was Jesus who healed them. This person said this, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but I do know this, where once I was blind, now I can see. That's his testimony. But because of that, and because of the pressure that was going on, and because of his association with Jesus, that they kicked him out of the synagogue, they kicked him out of the community. In other words, there was a price to pay. And so what is happening is here, Jesus is positioning himself here as the true shepherd of Israel. Why? Because those leaders that that blind man went to, they were not true shepherds because they cast away the blind man that was healed. It's interesting to see that. So again, the religious leaders were like false shepherds that drove away the blind man. But Jesus, the true shepherd, accepted him as one of his sheep. He personally cares for the sheep and he leads them from bondage to abundant life. Look at me in verse 10 of John, John 10, verse 10. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. What a blessing it is to have abundant life in Jesus Christ. So in light of the failures of the crooked sheep, or sorry, the crooked shepherds, excuse me. The crooked, there's a lot of crooked sheep too. But the crooked shepherds, in light of the failures of that, Jesus comes as the only true and faithful shepherd of God's people. That's very important. Jesus comes as the only true and faithful shepherd of God's people. So here's the thing. Is, is Jesus worthy to follow as our good shepherd? Amen. Absolutely, because he will only do what is good and faithful in caring for us, in honoring his father. So, Going back to that uh, that description, Jesus says, "I am the door of the sheep." He says here in verse uh, eight, "All that ever came before me were thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not." He- but the sheep did not hear them. Okay. By the way, Becca was not a thief or a robber. Okay. <laughs> I, I I assume not. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. In verse nine says, "I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out." and find pasture. So here's the point of this, as we look at this in context. To find safety from our enemies, the thieves and the robbers, we must go through the door of the true shepherd. How are you gonna find safety in this world? How do you know what is true, what is false? How do you know you're really gonna get the care that you need, spiritually speaking, okay? It's by going through the door of the true shepherd. Jesus' statement here, as I am the door, the sheepfold, reveals the exclusive nature of salvation by saying he is the door, not a door. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's not a way, a truth, and a life. He's exclusive in his declaration. No man comes to the Father except Through him, through Jesus Christ. There's none other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's only through Jesus Christ that we have assurance of salvation. How important is this for us to know that? So this is very important why Jesus is saying that. So Jesus is saying he's a door because of the good shepherd. So my question is this, what blessings then, what benefits do we receive by entering through the door of Jesus Christ? It says again in verse 9, I am the door, if by any man enter in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out and find pasture. From this, we see this, we shall be saved from that, and this is really finding safety. Think of it, finding safety from, from thieves, from robbers, and really giving us eternal life. It says, we will go in and out. This is really talking about that expression, in and out, is really a Hebraic, uh, a Hebrew expression about really that it affects every aspect of your life. Uh, in other words, we don't just go in the fold, we go in and out as the shepherd leads us, okay? We don't stay stationary, is the idea. In this, as the good shepherd, the shepherd provides spiritual sustenance for us. He will provide for your needs. He's our shepherd, we shall not want, we will not lack anything. All right, how important that is. And also, it says we will go in and out and find pasture. In that, we will find complete provision and security as well. You are secure, Under the care of the Good Shepherd. Be assured of that. Abundant life in this. This is important here. As we think about abundant life, this is a life of satisfaction and contentment in Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be have an abundant life? It's to be satisfied and contented in Jesus Christ. This is what it amounts to. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are really struggling in their life of, man, I I just don't know how I'm going to get through this day. Got problems at work, got problems in the family, in the neighborhood, with my kids, whatever it may be, that you have, you're have, you going through problems and we're, we're restless. We're restless in our own spirits. Even if things are going well even that way, there's just something within you like, man, I just can't sit still spiritually. There's just something within me just troubling and I can't put my finger on it. I want us to get our attention to have an abundant life through Christ. Being content in Him. And be satisfied in him, be satisfied in Christ. And what a peace that gives us through that trial. Be still and know that I am God. Praise God for that. So this is following Jesus, the true shepherd. But now I want to focus our attention in following Jesus, the good shepherd. We saw he's the true shepherd, he's the only one. Okay, but now let's look at Jesus, the good shepherd. Now look with me in verse seven. Starting in verse 7 again, it says, actually, moving on, sorry about that. Let's look at, uh, uh, lost my place here. Oh, verse 14, there we are, verse 11, sorry. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hiring and that is, and not the shepherd, who's owned the sheep or not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth because he's a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. So in this we see actually there are three different groups. We see the shepherd, we, we see the hireling, which is really the, um, like a hired person that you would have to watch over your sheep, and then you have the sheep itself. you got three different groups that are in there. But Jesus is saying he is the good shepherd who will really not abandon his sheep. The hireling is someone who is paid to watch over them. Yeah, if, it, if, if, the, if the trouble gets too much for him, the pressure gets too much, you know, he gets he gets out, gets out of the way. You know, it's it's none of my business. But the thing is this, it expected for the, those hirelings, those people that were hired to do the work as if they were the shepherd. How important it was for the religious leaders at the time, in the case of the man born blind, that they would also do what was necessary to care for that, that blind man, especially that he had seen. But yet, they, it didn't go their way, so they cast him out. Very interesting to see the parallel here. What Jesus is doing, again, he's setting himself up to represent himself this way, that he is the good shepherd. This passage here that we're looking at really is the Psalm 23 of the New Testament. Okay, this is the Psalm 23 of the New Testament. Jesus is, again, the good shepherd, not simply a good shepherd, as others may be, because he is unique in character. The religious leaders, they offered hope through a life of obedience to traditions, sacrifices, and rituals. If you do things their way, then you will be a part of that of that sheepfold. Okay, very very interesting. Uh, it's interesting when you're when you're uh, when we lived in Israel. There's a couple religious communities. I'm thinking like in Jerusalem, there was one in Bnei Brak, which is just a little bit north east of Tel Aviv as well. And these are ultra religious ultra-Orthodox uh, groups that are there, and he was often, uh, even walking just casually through Jerusalem, you would see this rabbi, and behind him would be these young people that would follow him. And uh, as they would go along the way, he would uh, stop, teach them, maybe talk about something, maybe to some religious law or whatever, and then they would keep on moving. And that was the life and the pattern that they still do today. The, they've done that for th- hundreds of years, okay, in that, in that regard. And the same thing, that's exactly what it's like to think of Jesus as well. When Jesus taught along the way, what does he often do? He stops... He looks at the field, for example. He sees wheats and tares, for example. He thinks of, he goes to the the the, uh, the sea, thinks of the dragnet of the fishes. So Jesus does these things that he teaches along the way in these little ways. But here's the difference between those religious leaders and what Jesus is doing uh, in his idea, because the religious leaders they will bring you hope. Yes, you can have hope if you simply live a life of obedience to the traditions the mitzvot, the the sacrifices, the rituals. If you just do what we say and you follow all these laws, you will find true, your true identity will be in that. I don't know about you, but the more and more rules that you add to yourself, guess what happens? You get frustrated because you can't keep them. Even the ones we make ourselves, we gotta be careful of that. What does Jesus do? Jesus offers hope but also abundant life for those who simply trust him as the good shepherd. That's what Jesus was saying. Simply come and trust me. This is the idea that we would trust him, that we would believe on him. So following Jesus as the good shepherd. Now, this title that Jesus has here in verse 11 and 14, I am the good shepherd. Again, the word good, what does that mean? We say he's the good shepherd. What does that mean? This really refers to the nature of God, the nature of God. What do we mean by that? Because it refers to Jesus' inherent goodness, his righteousness, his righteousness, and his beauty. He's the altogether lovely one. In that, the good shepherd protects, he guides, and he nurtures his flock. What a blessing that is. But I got a question for you, and this kind of dawned on me as I was studying this. Jesus is the good shepherd, but why do we need a good shepherd? Don't we get along pretty good on our own? Yeah, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of, you laugh, but there's a lot of people, your neighbors, family, that said, yeah, I'm doing good on my own. Do do they need Jesus? Well, yeah, he comes in handy once in a while. I pray to God once in a while. Have you ever talked to someone like that? Said, yeah, do you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, I do, more or less. God is there when we need him. But the thing is this, do we really need a good shepherd? Do we really need that? And I would argue, yes. Why do we need that? Because the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, and I want us to turn there because I want us to really clearly see this. Hold your place there in John 10. Go with me to Isaiah fifty three. It's a verse you know, but I, it, it, we really need to see this. John, Isaiah fifty three. Remember, uh, almost a year ago, we actually did a series on Isaiah fifty three, and this verse is really the linchpin. Of uh, this is this is really the John three sixteen, if you will, of the Old Testament. Isaiah fifty three and verse six. Why do we need a good shepherd? Why should we follow Jesus Christ? Because it says here in Isaiah fifty three verse six. All we like what? Sheep. Have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Folks, you need a good shepherd because guess what? Whether you like it or not, you're a sheep. All right? And I don't know about you, but every sheep needs a shepherd. Or else their life will fall apart. Folks, there's a lot of wandering sheep in this world. You may be one of those today. You're probably thinking, man, I can, get, I can do this on my own. I can live the Christian life on my own. Ain't going to get you very far. Not meaningful anyway. Folks, I challenge you that understand this. Our role is that we are sheep. The Bible says in, Isaiah, or in Psalm chapter 100 that we are uh, the sheep of his pasture. Okay? So God likens us to sheep. And like sheep who have gone astray, so have we. Why have we got us raised? because of our sin problem. Our sins have separated us from a holy God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And how desperately we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus Christ came to this world to go to a cruel, rugged cross and shed his blood for us and died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day, triumphant over sin and over death. And as the good shepherd, he has all the right and privilege to lead us. Why should we then not follow him and trust him and serve him? What a blessing it is to know that. In this, we see that Jesus as the good shepherd, how, how do we follow the good shepherd? How do we know we can follow him? Because he voluntarily laid down his life for the sheep. He laid down his life for the sheep. It says here in verse 11 again in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life For the sheep. This talks about his substitutionary death that he died on the cross for our sins. In that, we see that this shepherd was the obedient shepherd as well. He was the obedient shepherd. It says here in verse 17 of John 10 Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. By the way, that's talking about not just his death, but what? His resurrection. Jesus is foretelling that, okay? He says, No man take that from me, but I lay it down on myself, and I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This is the commandment I have received from my father. So, did Jesus do the will of his father by going to the cross for us? Nod your head, yes. Absolutely, he did. He was obedient and God honored for that. So Jesus expressed himself I am the door of the sheepfold, I am the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. Trust in him, believe on him. But there's a problem. Because now in, in John's gospel, beginning in verse 19, there's actually, it says here, there was a division, therefore, again among the Jews were these saints. They were debating, who is this Christ? Is he possessed of a devil? Well, how can those possessed of a devil uh, heal the blind? Talking about the blind man. And then all of a sudden we skip a couple months. And here we are in the time of Hanukkah. All right? It says here in verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication. And it was winter, and Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. Okay, now a couple weeks ago, about a month ago actually, we celebrated Hanukkah. And uh, we talked about the Festival of Lights, and the Feast of Dedication in Hebrew is Hanukkah. This is the this is Hanukkah that Jesus is celebrating. Uh, it's funny, when you talk to our Jewish friends, that, hey, this, where's Hanukkah in the Bible? If you look in the Old Testament, it's not there. Okay, this was a holiday that came up during what we call the, the uh, 400 silent years, during the time of the Meccabees. But here we have Jesus celebrating Hanukkah, and I said, "Hey, I, did you know that Hanukkah is mentioned that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah in the New Testament? What amazing uh, story this is!" So it's this time though at Hanukkah. This is probably a couple of months later, and there's still debate about Jesus. And as they had, said, it's here in verse 24. Now, then came the Jews, these Jewish leaders, round about him, and and really the idea, the Greek idea here is that they were they really were not surrounding him, but almost like pressing in on him. They're literally like, okay. You know, like they got in, they were getting in his face as an expression that we use, okay? And so they said unto him, how long dost thou make us doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly." In other words, how long are you going to leave us in suspense? If you are the Christ, if you are the Messiah, just say so. Just do that. And Jesus called their bluff. What does he say in verse 25? Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. What works? Like healing the blind man. For example, okay, Uh, making the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak. We know the miracles that Jesus did. But Jesus said this in verse 26, and here's the crux of the matter. I've done all these miracles. I've done all these teachings, but, verse 26, you believe not. You don't believe me. Because why? Why don't they believe Jesus? Because they're not one of his sheep. That's the bottom line. They don't believe Jesus because simply they're not one of his sheep. How do you expect people who, who, who um, are angry against God to follow him? They might have questions. They might debate you. But only they can't follow him because why? They don't believe him. But yet John calls Jesus, uh, really his purpose is this. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you might have life through his name. You see here, these Jesus, the Jewish leaders, they were, cons- uh, they were concerned, uh, cornered Jesus to clarify his identity Jesus called them out because they refused not to believe. Simply put, they didn't believe because they were not a sheep. And yet, it's interesting, Jesus still called them to believe. And look with me in verse 37. Towards the end of this, even after all this debate, Jesus said this in verse 37, If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe me not, believe the works that ye may know, and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. In other words, even though that they were against God, okay, Jesus still called them to believe on his name. So the question is really this, as with these religious leaders, is this, will you believe in the good shepherd? Will you believe in Jesus as the good shepherd? Will you trust him? Have you trusted him before? There's a lot of people who maybe talk about God, talk about the Bible, maybe they've read some scripture, maybe they've even memorized it. folks, but yet they still choose not to believe in the good shepherd. The calls is believe on him. So what is now his relationship? What is the good shepherd's relationship with his sheep? And that's where we look at our main text, actually, is in verse 27 now. My sheep, here's the difference. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. Neither shall They shall ne- never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And these two verses here, We see a couple things. First of all, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. In other words, they are responsive to Jesus' teachings. I think it's interesting talking about this. The sheep that hear his voice are those whose ears have been opened. Just as the blind man can now see, now the deaf can hear. Where once I was blind, now I can see. Where once I was deaf, now I can hear. How important it is for us, for us as his, as sheep, to come to the shepherd to hear his voice? We are responsive to Jesus' teaching. Also, it's important to know that the shepherd knows his sheep, according to this verse. In other words, they have an intimacy with the shepherd. They are close to the shepherd. The Bible says in Second 2 Timothy two nineteen, the Lord knoweth them that are His. You know what? The shepherd knows you. You feel you're lost and you're you're maybe lonely. You're abandoned. You ever feel that way sometimes? I'm sure we all do it at different times. But the shepherd, the good shepherd knows you. He knows every detail about your life. And he just says, come close to me, my child. Come to me, my lamb. Come to me, my sheep. And he will care for you in that way. What a tender, tender moment. We also know hear that the sheep follow the shepherd. This characteristic, the sheep follow the shepherd. Uh, by the way, are we as yeah, sheep good at that? Depends on the day, Right. <laughs> Let's be honest. Are we really faithful in our walk with the shepherd? No, unfortunately we're not. We need continual reminders that we need to follow him, follow the shepherd. And so in doing that, by following the shepherd, we obey the Father's will. Why? Just as Jesus did. It's interesting, Jesus is a good shepherd, but on the other side, what is Jesus also called? In the beginning of John's gospel, he's called what? Behold what? The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world." I think it's interesting, think of your mind, uh, you can read this later in Revelation uh, chapter 14, we read of the 144,000, and what happens is this, it talks about they, their testimony was this, that they followed the lamb. They followed the lamb, it's interesting. Uh, the Moravians, who were uh, under Count uh, Ludwig von Zinzendorf, this is back in the 1700s, and um, when the Moravians first started, they they had a, a motto. They still have it, but it basically says that our Lamb has conquered. Follow Him. That is their motto. Okay, how important it is for us as the Moravians as they went out as missionaries around the world, even sold themselves in some cases as slaves uh, to the, the in the Caribbean, for example. They Risk their lives, put their lives on line to follow the shepherd. How important is for us to do the same thing? Okay? Now, with that, we see that the sheep follow the shepherd because they obey the Father's will just as Jesus did. In this, we also know that the sheep are secure in the shepherd as well. It says here in verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. They will never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. In these verses, it talks about the security that we have in the shepherd. And here's the thing. The security of the sheep is found in the ability of the shepherd to protect protect and preserve his flock, not in the ability of the frail sheep. Your security and your salvation is not dependent on you. It's dependent on the Savior who saved you. What a blessing that is. And the promise is this, that my father, it says in verse 29, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them or snatch them out of my hand. In other words, you can't pluck yourself out of God's hand as his, she- as his sheep. All right? He will have you in his eternal grasp. What does he give us, eternal life? What is that eternal life that he gives us? That eternal life is really, we think of eternal life, we think of that as the quantity of time, how much time, which is forever and ever and ever. That's eternity. But also eternal life is not just the quantity of time, but also the quality of life that we have. It's abundant and a fruitful life. Some people think, hey, when we get to heaven, we're just gonna be sitting on clouds, strumming our harps, and we wish we brought a good magazine with us, right? People have this impression that heaven's gonna be boring you're just gonna be singing forever and ever and ever and that's it, okay? Strumming your harps. Folks, it's the fullest life you could ever imagine. Everything is provided, everything need in a perfect environment. What a blessing that is. This is what we get to look forward to. And guess what? This eternal life, how is eternal life enriched? It's enriched through obedience to the great shepherd. When you are close to God, what a difference that makes. When you go through that valley and you hold tight to the shepherd's hand what a blessing that is to go through it, man! We have said many times when the funerals and place, things that has happened here at this church, I have heard from countless folks who have gone through those valleys. Says, "How could we have gotten through that moment without Jesus?" I don't know how the world does it. I really don't either, but I do know that the shepherd is there to hold us and to give us that life. Bible says in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Bible also says here, in verse 28 here, I give unto the eternal life, and they shall never perish. I like what Dwight Pentecost said concerning this. He says, As it is impossible for God to die, So death is equally impossible for the one who believes in the Son of God and receives his life. In other words, we will never perish. Yes, we may die physically, and there's a pain to that, absolutely, but we will never perish. Because why? We are connected. We are his sheep. We are his shepherd. The Bible says this, in addition that, no man shall be able to pluck them out of my hand. The idea there that no man shall pluck, the idea of pluck is is snatch. It's actually... Um, it's interesting, it's actually a parallel back to, look at with me back in in, uh, John 10, verse 10. Okay, so as the shepherd, no one is able to pluck you out of his hand. In verse 10, look at this, this is amazing. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill and destroy. The word steal there is that same idea, pluck. It's it's the same Greek word, actually. It's the same idea, to pluck them out. So no man shall be able to pluck or snatch you out of God's hand as opposed to the thief. The thief will try to snatch you out of God's hand, but guess what? In in Christ's hand, in the good shepherd's hand, you are eternally secure. What a blessing that is. That's the good shepherd, okay? Those who receive Christ are eternally secure in the hand of the shepherd, in the hand of the Savior. And this, the hand of the Savior is holding the hand of the believer that is eternally secure in the hand of the Father. In other words, we are eternally secure. What a picture of God's omnipotence, of his power. With that, Jesus says this, how do we know that? How do we know that? Here's the father and the son working together to secure his sheep. Verse one clarifies this, that I and the father are one. Now, when he says this here, I and my father are one, it's not talking about that they're they're the same person. Uh, the, The Trinity is there's three in one, one in three. But each one, they're distinct persons in that regard. This is talking about really the unity in nature and essence and purpose and according to will. This is not identity, that Jesus and the Father are the same. It's not that. It's saying that the Father, they have distinct roles in that. This is talking about unity in nature. They are there for the same purpose of being the good shepherd of the sheep, securing them. What a blessing that is. So bringing this to a a, a focus here. Verse 27 again, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Folks, let's follow the good shepherd. I like what Warren Worsby said concerning this he says concerning our relationship to the good shepherd he said this that our relationship good shepherd number one it's a loving relationship the good shepherd loves you why how do you know that because he died for the sheep all right number two our relationship it's a living relationship because he cares for the sheep the good shepherd cares for you (laughs) praise God that should put a smile on your face Number three, it's a lasting relationship. Why? Because he keeps the sheep and not one is lost. Remember that parable that Jesus said? There was 99 sheep and one went astray. The good shepherd went and found that sheep. He knows where the sheep are. He will, he will bring them together. That's his purpose. Not one is lost. Again, the purpose of John is this, his gospel. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Messiah the son of God that believing you might have life through his name. So here's the point of this passage here. Following the good shepherd leads us to eternal life and it's worth every step toward glory. It's worth every step. Folks, I don't know about you. Are you following the good shepherd? Got to start with this. Are you here today without Christ? Are you here lost? Are you here as that blind man, as a deaf person, without Christ, not knowing who Jesus is? I pray that you would understand who Jesus is, that Jesus loves you, that he came to this world to die on a cruel rugged cross to take care of your sins and mine as well. And he beckons you, if any man should call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved, or a woman or a child. He beckons the whole world to come to him to believe on him. Folks, if you've never done that before, you don't know about your sin condition if it's taken care of, Jesus offers pardon and forgiveness to you. Have you accepted that free gift of salvation? That salvation, by the way, it's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. What a blessing it is to know it. If you're here today and you have put your faith and trust in him, keep close to the shepherd. Find abundant life in him. And he's a shepherd worth following. Let's follow the good shepherd.